0: All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. Some people are still shoveling their driveways out. All hail the power of Jesus' name. open up this morning, we read from Psalms 111. It says, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who have pleasure in them, full of honor and majesty in his work and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people his power in the power of his works, in giving them a heritage. The works of the hand, of his hands are faithful and just, and all of his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He has sent to his redemption to his people, so he has commanded his covenant forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding. Have all those who practice it. His praise endures forever. We're going to sing Great is Thy Faithfulness.
1: c'è Great. More. tomorrow. Bless
0: Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we can come together, and we thank you for those that clear roads and help things so that we can get out, even on days like today, through most of the main roads. We just pray, Lord, that you will bless those who are out shoveling and getting things done so they can get out of their driveways, and we just pray that people don't overdo it. We pray for your mercy and your grace to continue to shine upon us, continue to strengthen Jennifer and the things she has going on and getting ready for her surgery and giving up smoking. We just pray for your strength at this time. We pray, Lord, that you'd be with the schools and continue to bless and care for us, care for each and every one who is there, protect them, help those that have been fighting or have been exposed to the COVID, and we just ask that you would continue to minister to each and every one. We pray for your safety and your mercy and your grace in all things, and right now, Lord God, we pray that you would continue to bless us as we continue in worship today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are looking today at Jesus coming in power and what it really means for us. Um, The real basis of our text is going to be found in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, but before we get there, I want to just look a little bit in Mark chapter 1. So if you turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. This is just after Jesus has called his first disciples. And it says they were in went into Capernaum, and when the Sabbath had came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, "What have what do you have want with us, Jesus of Nazareth?" have you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god be quiet said jesus sternly come out of him the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek the people were all amazed at what they saw what is this a new teaching and with what authority he even gives orders to the impure spirits and they obey him news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Well, we start there because even as Jesus was ministering, and even as Jesus was preaching and teaching, the people were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed at who he was. And not only were they amazed at who he was, they were amazed at what he could do. They were amazed when he healed people. And here he's actually commanding evil spirits out, and that, to the religious leaders, isn't heard of, and so he's really showing his power over the things of the world and even over the powers of darkness. And it's important for us to understand this because we have to understand that Christ's power and Christ's wisdom is bigger than the wisdom and power that we have. Christ's power and wisdom is bigger than what human thought can be. And in fact, in the beginning of 1 Corinthians, Paul talks to the people and he tells the people that our wisdom isn't really God's wisdom because he said the wisdom of the world is foolishness, or the wisdom of God, I'm sorry, is foolishness to the world because they look at things through their own eyes. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says, Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge and knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something and does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Anyone, hence, anyone I'm sorry, hence as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that there is no idol in the world that really exists. There's no god but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords. Yet for us there is one God, the Father from whom all things and for whom all things exist, one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through him all things exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food that they eat as food offered to idols. Food will not bring us close to God. We are not worse off than we if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Well, The first thing that we have to understand is that there is power, and Christ brought power. He demonstrates his power as he teaches, and that power is passed to us. Jesus came in power, shaking the world, healing and doing great things. Paul recognizes this in this wisdom and this power that he's doing. But he wants us to understand with freedom, with freedom there's still responsibility. Knowledge and responsibility in the power of Christ. us has been given to us as he wrote to the corinthians i'm reminded that paul recognizes that human wisdom is not godly wisdom and godly wisdom is not human wisdom he reminds us of this point so that we would understand that we should be doing the things of god and not the things that the world thinks are great and wonderful our view of freedom should always take into account how it affects other people Paul acknowledges at the start of his letter that the, Corinthians to the hu- are, um, that the Corinthians, he acknowledges to them that humans think differently. But in chapter 8, he really gets into the fact that the freedom and power that we have means we have to be responsible as well. Knowledge is power. It's what he talks about at the beginning of chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians. He talks about the fact that knowledge is power. It's a powerful thing. There's an Aramaic saying that says, He that knows not, knows not that he knows not, is a fool, and you should shun him. He that knows not, and knows that he knows not, is a child, and you have to teach him. He that knows not, knows not that he knows is asleep and you need to wake him up. And finally, he that knows and knows that he knows is a wise man. Listen to him. Unfortunately for many people in our world today, they feel that they are knowledgeable and wise, but their wisdom is flawed because it's not based on godly wisdom. It's based on sinfulness and it's based on the world. It's based on the things of their own desires. You see, people like to surround themselves with their own point of view. Whatever they think is right in their mind, they start to find those things to back it up. And of course, you can find anywhere on the internet to back yourself up with anything. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people in the Flat Earth Society that think the world is flat. All you have to do is realize if you fill your head only with the things that you believe instead of seeking the knowledge that's true, you get yourself in trouble. Scripture reminds us that wisdom comes from knowing God. The beginning of wisdom, Scripture tells us, is the fear of God or the respect of God. And Paul tells us in verse 8, it's better to be known by God and loved by God than to worry about your knowledge and wisdom and he says that because he's leading up to a point being known by God helps us to know that we are free free from the things of the world because the power of Christ just as it freed the man who had been afflicted by this demon it can free us it can free us so that we have a clean slate and we can live a new life but power has great responsibility with it too. If we go down to verse 8 of what we read 1 Corinthians verse 8 says but food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful however that you do not exercise your rights and it does not become a stumbling block for the weak. Why? Because we can, in our freedom, cause other people problems. In our freedom, because we're close to God and we understand things, he's talking about the freedom to eat food given to idols. We don't really struggle with that in our world today. But we can struggle in other areas. For instance, if we go out to dinner and we're out with somebody who's an alcoholic and we choose to drink alcohol, we could cause them to stumble. Part of what Paul is saying is we have to think about other people and what we're doing. Whenever we're talking, whenever we're saying things, whenever we're doing things, think about the people around us because it could cause someone else to fall and falter. Very few people today in our world really want to be responsible like we're supposed to be. You know, we're taught in school your teachers teach you that you got to grow up to be responsible. Your parents teach you you got to grow up to be responsible. But many people are like the people in this story that I heard this week. There was a hospital, and in this hospital they were given specific instructions about who did certain jobs. And there was a woman who was in the hospital trying to get well, and she spilt her cup, and the water went on the floor, and she called for the nurse. And the nurse came in, and she said, Well, I've spilt some water, and I don't want to slip on the floor and hurt myself. And the nurse quickly said, well, it's not really my job, but I will get the person that's in charge of it because it's actually the aide's job to help. So she called the aide, and the aide came in and said, well, this is way too much water. If there's too much water, we have to call the janitor. So they called the housekeeping staff and they came up and started an argument over whether or not there was enough water on the floor for the janitor to have been called. As they argued, the old woman looked at them and finally said, enough is enough, and she took her whole pitcher of water and dumped it on the floor. She says, is that enough to decide whether it's enough to clean it up or not? Unfortunately, that's the problem with responsibility in our world today. Often other people want to want others to be responsible. They want to blame somebody else for the things going on in their own life instead of taking responsibility in their own life for how they live, for how they minister, for how they do things. Because everything we do affects somebody else. We don't want our freedom to cause other people to stumble. We don't want our freedom to cause problems for somebody else. When D.L. Moody was preaching, He told the story of a blind man in a big city. It was the middle of the night, and the blind man was sitting on a corner, taking a break, and he had a big lantern with him. And someone recognized him, and they came over, and they said, I have a question for you. Why do you have a lantern when you're blind, and it's not going to matter whether you can see or not? And the man looked at him and smiled and said, It may not matter whether I can see or not, but it will matter if others can see me or not. I don't want them to run into me or to cause them to be harmed because I'm walking there. We have responsibility to care for the people around us. We have responsibility to shine Jesus' light into the world. And part of that responsibility means we're free in Christ, And Paul would tell us we're free to take things and do things the way we would like. But we should always consider how others around us are going to be blessed or hurt by what we do. How do we cause others to stumble in our own lives? How can we cause them to stumble? Sometimes it's a word we say. Sometimes it's something we've done that maybe we didn't intend to. Sometimes it's a joke that we've started. and Maybe we've hurt someone else and not even realized. You see, our lives are never just about us. As Christians, we're supposed to be looking out for others, shining our light into the world. And that starts by shining our light to one another, to our friends, to our families, to those that are closest. So I want to challenge you today How are you doing with your attitudes? How are you doing with your speech? How are you doing with the things that you're doing in your life? Are they blessing others? Are they causing others to not see Christ? Or sometimes are they causing others maybe to stumble? Father, I pray today for each of us. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless us and keep us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to grow closer to you. Help us to shine your light into the world in such a way that it will make a difference to those around us. I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to know that you are with us and to hear you speak in your spirit, to shine your light in such a way that it's not dim. Help us to be responsible in our freedoms and in our new life in you and be responsible enough to bring others along on the journey. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing Because He Lives this morning as we prepare to close. In fact, for this morning um first of all the youth will be together tonight at six o'clock we're having cheese raviolis playing games and um having our lesson like we always do so um that's what's going on tonight wednesday night we meet at six o'clock our couple studies going on and our other studies are going on at six thirty as well um and uh, i believe it's megan and Alan's week for dinner and i'm not sure what we're having yet so we'll find out wednesday um next Sunday we are over at the community building. We start at about 10:20 for fellowship, 10:30 online, and we're going to be having a soup and chili lunch afterwards. So join us next Sunday over at the community building. God bless those online and everybody here, and uh we'll see you all later.